1: Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
0: You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I am your host, John Chapman. And we are almost out of the dark period. We are starting to get news. We actually have some very relevant 49ers news with a huge signing. And what we're going to do today is we're going to break down Robbie Gold and his new contract and what that means for the 49ers. Go over dates and times of training camp and when that's going to get to start. You are in the San Francisco or Denver area. How you can go see those practices. Uh, Yeah, I said Denver. They're going to have two open dates in Denver. And then we're going to go over the defense defensive position battles and what to watch out for in training camp uh, most importantly what to pay attention to early on with who's going to be lining up where position changes depth chart order order of snaps and all of those fun things so that's what we got in store for today and i do just want to say thank you for understanding my brief absence i have been in dallas working at SportsCon, which is an awesome football Convention, and we had an awesome time at draft night out, which I kind of plugged on here briefly. But we had some celebrities come out to Top Golf, it was a lot of fun. Put on by Eat Sleep Fantasy and Sleeper Wire. Got to hang out with the cast of the HBO show Ballers. They came out, and it was awesome. A lot of people, lots of drinks, and lots of fantasy football. And we are going to be throwing another event next month. It is going to be the last weekend in August at Topgolf in Las Vegas. So if you want to come out, it's sponsored by Draft Party USA. It's abs- If you want to take your fantasy football to the next level, that's who you go through. They plan out your entire weekend in Vegas set you up with shows, all that stuff. We are going to be hosting. We have about 12 to 15 leagues at Top Golf at the same time. Last year, we had your own UNLV cheerleader that was in charge of your draft with entertainment. I'm on the mic just basically roasting people for a few hours. But it's a blast. So if you want to check that out, go ahead and hit me up on my Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. And I can let you know all those dates. Again, that is the uh, – it's going to be August 25th, that Saturday, right after the last preseason. And that's kind of – The Fantasy Football Draft Weekend. So if you're interested in that, hit me up. Now, let's jump into the important stuff. Robbie Gold. The franchise tag deadline was yesterday. The news behind Gold has been immense because we franchise tagged a kicker, which is very rare in and of itself. He was going to be making around $5 million a year. But he didn't want to sign it because he wanted to go back home to Chicago where his family lives, where he's lived the majority of his life, and he wanted to be there. Now, Chicago also made it known. They wanted Robbie Gold there as well. Their kicking woes have been well documented. They lost in the playoffs in the first round due to a missed field goal that was tipped, but uh, everybody still puts it on the kicker. But that's just what it is. So possible holdout, possible trade, uh, lots of tension, but finally a deal gets done and this is as complex a deal as any kicker (laughs) contract has ever been in the history of the NFL and it's not close so if we step back and look at the total numbers it's a four-year 19 million dollar deal so essentially five million dollars a year over four years but that is not what this is there are caveats all over that you could tell Parag has his hands all over this deal so essentially it boils down to this it's a two-year 10 million dollar deal However, the 49ers have a lot of outs to do. So, for example, if all of it's completely front loaded, so $10.5 million is going to be paid out in the first year. So if we want to get out after two years, very easy to do so. And we even have an out this year. So almost all contracts have guaranteed roster bonuses cut in on either April 1st of the upcoming year or June 1st. Of the upcoming year however the 49ers did one for week 16 of this year so for example if robbie gold is still on the team week 16 of the 2019 season his roster is going to be guaranteed his roster bonus will be guaranteed for the 2020 year so it's a it's a weird way to do it not quite sure they're thinking there but it it does give us a little bit more flexibility if something just goes awfully wrong or he's injured the 49ers would be able to walk away from this contract this year But if they would like to stay with it, I mean, if you look at the fourth year of this deal, it's less than a million dollars guaranteed. So this is 100% a team-friendly deal, a lot of money up front, which we are known for, which is great for us because we still have the fourth most cap space in the entire NFL this year with $32 after this deal. So we still have plenty of room. So the fact that we front loaded it that gives us a lot of financial independence next year. And this is huge. You know, you could talk about Robbie Gold and I know the 49ers faithful gets pretty upset anytime something happens and they are very quick to (laughs) hate a player and want them out of here. But it's a business. And Robbie Gold is unbelievable, led the NFL with the best field goal percentage in the entire NFL last year. He's missed three field goals over his last three years combined not three years each year just three field goals in three years and that's on 85 attempts so this guy has been absolutely incredible has not missed a fourth quarter field goal in his two years with the 49ers and whenever I did my stat projections for the 49ers I I have this being the difference between two games Robbie Gold versus replacement kicker this is wonderful so very excited glad that he is here one thing that's going to be interesting to me Will he wear the captain badge, the captain sticker on his jersey? He did last year, but does the holdout and the negotiations and all that stuff, does that push the 49ers front office from giving it to him to somebody else? I'm not sure who you would want to have that on special teams. I would say Raheem Mostert, but anyway, it's something just curious to see how that's going to play out. Now, dates and times. The 49ers are once John Lynch came in and took over, You know, from Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly's mindset was keep the media and the public out of everything. And John Lynch, they want the public to be a part of this. There are 11 chances to attend a 49ers practice. And it starts day one, July 27th, which is the opening of 49ers training camp. The rookies and veterans will will report on the 26th, but there's no practice or anything. That's just kind of check into your room, eat dinner, have a couple meetings, get ready for practice the next day on the 27th. So there's 11 chances and to go to a practice is just 5 bucks and that $5 goes to a charity. So this isn't even money that's going to the 49ers. And there are actually two dates that are open to practice in Denver because we played Denver in the preseason and so we agreed to do joint practices with them. Uh Vic Fangio's over there who is just absolutely, you know, 49ers, but he's defensive coordinator here when we went to, made our Super Bowl run and all those things. He's awesome and he had a quote today just saying, "Look, You get these people out and give them a chance, perhaps people that can't afford game tickets, to see their team, to get an autograph, and you get a fan for life. So if you have a family and you're trying to get your kids or your loved ones into the 49ers – go to one of these open practices. I've been to several before. They're an absolute blast, and it's much more personal than a game. It's very intimate as far as how close you are to the field, and the 49ers do a great job of assigning some players every day to make sure they go over to the stands and say hi. So if you want to do that, the two if you're in Denver, the two dates in Denver are uh, August 16th and 17th, But, again, head over to 49ers.com. They have the dates up there. They're all up there. And our very first preseason game is at home versus Dallas on August 10th at 6 p.m. And it looks like at least three out of our four preseason games are going to be televised live, which is great. I think that's a, a testament. There's a lot of energy around our team. And we've got some good matchups, you know, Denver, Dallas, the Chiefs. So I think those three games are going to be televised. But a couple other things that I want to pay attention to as far as dates go, the cut down date has been set, and that is going to be August 31st. And that's where we cut from 90, which we're at now, we have 90 people on our roster, to 53. So that's 37 players that will be let go over the span of a few hours for every single NFL team. Now, it's not like in the past where there were three separate cut down dates. You cut down after game two, after game three, then after game four. Nope, they decided it was best just to do one giant cut, And allow players to fight it out and give them more time to put their skills out on the table during preseason. So just understand things are going to start moving very, very quickly. And once training camp gets going and we start getting some camp reports out, uh, look forward to more 49ers Rush podcasts coming your way. Once the season is in full swing, the goal is to hit three a week which is <laughs> rough but absolutely amazing. I, I absolutely love recording with, for you guys and with you guys, and we're going to have some guests on as well. So if you haven't hit subscribe, we are every single place that has podcasts. I, I We're everywhere. So just type in 49ers. We're one of the first ones to pull up, and I do want to say thank you. We are now the number one ranked 49ers podcast on iTunes. If you just type in 49ers, we are the first ones to pull up, and a lot of that's just a testament to you guys. So again, thank you so much for all the support and all that you guys have done for us. So let's jump in to the defensive position battles and what to watch out for once training camp gets gets started. Now, it doesn't take a genius to realize our secondary is a mess. Now, there's a lot of talent and actually a lot of depth there, but whenever you have three of the five secondary spots up for grabs heading into training camp, that's not a good sign. So I think the two spots, the automatic lock is Richard Sherman as the number one corner. Richard Sherman's a starter, no matter what happens outside of injury. Now I think the next likely starter is going to be Jaquisky Tart at one of our safety spots. Now, what's important to understand is, and I think you know on Twitter and with what's happening out there, a lot of people don't understand the move, They've changed their defense from free safety and strong safety to interchangeable safeties. Now, that doesn't mean that one safety won't be back more, one safety won't be in the box more, whatever, but this single high free safety idea that we've had in the past that has been traditional with this cover three scheme, it's not really what we're doing. So the goal, I, I believe, is we don't have that guy, so play to what we have. And I love that. Don't try to make players do what they're not made to do. So it's going to be a little bit more hiding and trying to make the quarterback guess a little bit more and give them a little bit more difficult pre-snap read and do a little bit more quarters coverage and rolling your thirds coverage to the wide receiver strengths and how the offensive formation is. So that's going to be interesting. But, you know, I put out a poll today and I asked, which 49ers defensive battle, positional battle, are you most curious about? And 62% said that number two corner spot. And I agree 100 percent I think this is the most important battle, whether offense or defense. This is number one. Who is going to be the number two corner? And I think it's down to two players. You know, Akello Witherspoon or Jason Verrett. You know, Akello we drafted in the third round out of Colorado a few years ago. He's a huge finesse corner with great speed and body length. And then we have Jason Verrett, who is the exact opposite. He's short and scrawny, but he is like glue. He doesn't give up space, and he plays very, very physical. A witherspoon, opposite of a physical corner. He does not like to hit. In fact, he got a concussion his first year, his rookie year, by diving and putting his head down he didn't even hit make contact with the ball carrier out in the flat, but his head hit the ground first and he got a concussion. So this has been a problem for Witherspoon all the way back in Colorado, being a, you know, soccer transplant. His athletic ability is unbelievable. His footwork is second to none. It's just is he a better athlete than a football player? And has he made that jump? So, Jason Verrett will jump up in anybody's face and knock the mess out of him. So, you have this kind of Mighty Mouse versus tall, long, finesse corner. And who's going to win? Both of them are quality players and will receive quality playing time. But this is going to be huge. Now, I do believe Witherspoon gets first crack at it because he's been here. Because there's draft capital invested in, to, in him. And he started and played fairly well. He, he started off horrible because he had an ankle-slash-knee injury. And he was just awful. If he's not 100%, he does not need to be out there. He's not the type of guy that can play through um, some type of injury. But, however, once he did start to get healthy, he played better the second half of the season, but then he got injured again. So I, I do think that he will get first crack at it. But you have to understand, Jason Verrett, he's already got one Pro Bowl season under his belt. And in that Pro Bowl season, his job was to guard the number one on almost every single game, and he just, he was unbelievable. The problem is, he's had three straight years that have ended by injury, and I'm talking about like ended early. Um, Only one of those seasons did he actually play in a game, and then one was in training camp and one was in OTA. So that's going to be huge. And what's even more interesting to this, and we're going to talk about this in a second, is that nickel corner spot. If, for example, let's say Witherspoon wins another two-corner spot, Verrett has the physicality and body size to play that nickel corners job just fine. So do you keep him there as the number two or number three corner, or do you move him in? I think he's going to stay there, but we know that this coaching staff loves versatility and loves moving people around. And if your mindset is get the best 11 out there, on defense, it very well could be Witherspoon outside with Sherman and Jason Verrett in there at slot. But we're going to talk about the slot nickel corner in a second. Now let's jump to safety. The most important thing that I am looking forward to day one of training camp is where in the hell is Tavarius Moore? Is he lined up at safety? I don't care if he is 20th on the JEP chart at safety. I don't care. Is he at safety? If Tarvarius Moore is at safety, this is a huge confidence bump for our coaching staff at finally learning to put players where they can be successful. So don't pay attention to where he's taking snaps as the second or third or fourth team. He's going to be buried on the depth chart, having not played that position but for a few days uh, during minicamp. So, but he needs to be there at safety. If he is at corner, that is going to be a huge sigh. I'm going to be an absolute mess that first day recorded training camp. So, um, Again, back to the safety position. Don't pay so much attention to free safety versus strong safety. It's going to be who's the best two that we can put out there. It's not, it doesn't matter if they're both in the box guys or they're both free Roman guys. It doesn't matter. They're going to put the best two safeties out there. So I think Tart has his spot locked down, which means that others, the second safe safety spot, and I think it goes in this order. Adrian Colbert's going to get first crack at it. You know, we saw what he could do two years ago whenever he came in as a seventh-round pick the second half of the season. He played at a Pro Bowl level. The problem was after the offseason and being an expected starter, he was one of the worst safeties in the entire NFL, and you couldn't even find him on game film. Uh, unless you were using all 22 angle, because it, he just was nowhere around the ball. So it's going to be Adrian Colbert versus Marcel Harris, who had some flashes last year. He's a very boom or bust guy, made a lot of mental errors and gave up a lot of touchdowns in a very short amount of time. However, his highlights are fun to watch. So he's a guy, he's a boom bust player that maybe can learn... How to be a little bit more disciplined. He's very his play style is very similar to Jaquiski Tart. I, I really do believe that they're very similar. And then of course Tavares Moore. So personally, um, I would like Colbert to start at that spot. And if he is not elite out of the gate, you throw Tavares Moore in there and you see what he can do because that guy can just play. And then on top of that, the winner is going to have to stay ahead of Ward once he returns. You know, the next episode that we do is going to detail offensive position battles and injury updates and what to expect, but I want to go ahead and kind of jump out of course here and say, look, here's the thing with Jimmy Ward. He is not going to play one snap in the preseason as far as a game goes. Um, He's not going to be ready for the start of training camp. My guess is that third to fourth week of the preseason is when we're going to see Jimmy Ward return to practice and do some individual drills. He is going to be one of those guys. He's going to make the ninety-man roster. We're not cutting him because he signed a one-year deal. We save no money if we cut him. I think it's like eight hundred thousand. It's not very much at all. It's not going to make a dent in what we can roll over. So there's no reason to cut him because he can back up all five uh, secondary spots, and the coaching staff loves him. I, I do not like the way that he has played so far, for sure. You know, I, I refer to him as Mr. Glass. I forgot. I think I got it from Gettin, but he's going to be around. Is he going to take back one of those safety spots once he's healthy? I think the first game that he would be available to play is probably week two or three coming off that collarbone injury. There's been lots of videos of him out there lifting weights and getting better, but still, you don't want to rush him back, especially a guy that's been injured almost every single preseason of his career. Take your time. We have depth now. Uh, There's a possibility we will not have depth later. You have to predict that the injury bug will continue to hit us. You can't go into kind of your schematic understanding of the way your roster is built assuming everybody's going to stay healthy. Because we as 49ers fans know that sure as hell doesn't happen. So you have to kind of prepare for that. So there's no need to rush him back. We know what he is. We know what he can do. Let's give a couple other guys a shot to see if they can be great. If not, you plug them in week three and we move forward there. Now, the last secondary spot I want to talk about is the nickel corner or the slot corner. People refer to it as different things. But I think Kwan Williams should be the guy. He was by far, you could argue, maybe the best secondary player we had last year. Him and Sherm, whether it's PFF grades, film grades, they both were absolutely off the charts with how they played. Definitely starter level quality players in a very weak secondary. But this coaching staff loves DJ Reed. And again, you know, I talked about earlier, the first thing I want to be looking for on the defensive side of the ball is where is Tarvarius Moore taking snaps, safety or corner? The second thing I want to look for is where's DJ Reed? DJ Reed bounced back and forth from slot corner to safety. He needs to stay at slot corner. I don't think that he should start. I think it should be Kawan Williams. But DJ Reed's ceiling is much higher than Kawan Williams. So I want him to focus on one position, and that should be a slot corner And because, again, that, that slot corner is a tough position because you're a smaller, quicker guy. You have a smaller frame, but you play in the box or pretty close to the box. So you are very aggressive, and you're taking hits, and you're taking beatings. You're taking on offensive linemen. That is a very high injury, injury risk position. So I want depth there. I don't think that we need another guy taking safety snaps like DJ Reed. That's not his natural position. I want him stuck at that slot spot. So, um, again, he bounced back and forth. We'll see what happens. And who knows? Again, I talked about Jason Verrett. If he loses the number two corner job, do they move him there? It's a possibility. But I, I hope they keep them and we establish our depth. And so, in an ideal world, what would be best for the 49ers, Witherspoon wins the number two job. Verrett backs up both corners. And then you have Kwan Williams wins the slot job. And you have DJ Reed being just the primary backup there focusing on that. Uh, I think that would be best for our secondary. And Tavarius Moore has to be a safety. Uh, He is not a corner. He is not a corner. All right. uh, Another couple spots. I got two more that I want to break down. And this one might be a little bit of a surprise to you. I want to see who's going to win that one tech position on the defensive line. Now, I think it is, as of now, DJ Jones' job to lose as far as early down work goes. Uh, He stepped in a spot duty the last two years, splitting time with Earl Mitchell, and what we would do is we'd rotate a pass rusher in there on passing situations. However, I think that there is a shot. Y'all ready for this? Because this is against my mold here with the 49ers Rush Podcast. Solomon Thomas could win this job outright and not only be the passing interior guy but could be the first and second down guy from the interior position I, I truly do believe that and already I can hear people say no maybe you could move to Forrest Buckner there don't do that you have somebody playing all pro level at the three tech keep them there but that interior spot and some of you guys are saying no he's too small don't do that I don't think he is You know, I'm not saying Solomon Thomas is Aaron Donald. Nobody is Aaron Donald. Maybe in the history of the NFL, Aaron Donald's unbelievable. But he is 6'1", 280. Solomon Thomas, 6'2", 280. You go back and watch that Stanford film, usually he played in that three or five technique spot. But he played over the center some. So I think that this is something if – and the reason why I bring this up is this. If you believe Solomon Thomas is going to start anywhere on this defense and not just be a situational pass rusher, it's got to be at that one tech spot because those other three spots are full. Bosa's staying outside. He's going to be a defensive end, three downs. Buckner, he's the iron man of all defensive tackles in the NFL. He is not moving. And then the other spot is you got two guys you got to beat out, whether that's Eric Armstead or DeForest Buck or Eric Armstead or D Ford. So the only spot that doesn't have kind of that elite level dollar value spent on it and or draft capital is that that one tech or the inside job. So I do think that Solomon Thomas will get some reps there. We'll see what happens. And that's the thing. Like I want to see in the preseason exactly what he can do and if he can handle this. Because he creates major problems. I, I really do. I think that he's very disruptive in the run game, not just in the pass rush game. I think that Solomon Thomas' biggest problem is when the offense knows, oh, yeah, he's just on a pass rush on the outside. Because that's not what he did. If you go back to his Stanford film, he was elite when he was shooting gaps, when he was crossing linemen's face, when he was ripping through offensive guards' um, blocks. That's where he was special. So I would love to see him there. We'll see what happens now. So if, and let me say this too, because there's lots of people he's got to beat out, even for situational pass rush. You, if you're going to keep him outside, you know this is the depth chart. You've got Bosa, Ford, Eric Armstead, Ronald Blair. Those guys are all outside guys. Ronald Blair can play inside. And then you got Contavious Street. You know, we got in the fourth round out of NC State that had a medical ACL redshirt year, but they've talked about him playing outside. They've talked about him playing everywhere. So you have these two guys in Ronald Blair and Contavious Street that can play every single spot. Now, if you if you're gonna say Solomon Thomas is just gonna be on the inside and just on pass rush situations, well guess what? Uh, you've still got Sheldon Day. You still got Julian Taylor and Contavious Streets that are all fighting for just situational pass rush snaps from the inside. There's not that many snaps to be had. So pay attention to this spot, that last D lineman spot, because there is some major depth for this team at the defensive line. You know, I've gone through my positional rankings, and I have two teams that have more depth than we do um, in the entire NFL, and it's the Eagles and the Jags, and that's it. I have us as third, and you could make the argument we have the most depth in the NFL. We're number one. Um, I think the Eagles have a couple more premier players that have proven it. Um, you could say, you know, you want you want to talk about Bosa, but he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, he could be the best. He could be elite, but we haven't seen it yet. So that's why I give the nod to the Eagles. But our defensive line, I'm telling you this right now, expect a trade or a cut it won't happen early it happened around week three or four of the preseason uh, making sure nobody is injured or suspended or whatever but if all of our defensive line stays healthy expect a trade because it's not going to be that way for the rest of the nfl and so if they need interior help or edge help we will be the first team that every team in the nfl calls They understand, and you look at our numbers, we can't keep everybody. And so we have these two guys that if we were doing cuts today, I think Sheldon Day and Julian Taylor would be out. Um, Those are guys NFL teams want. And then if you want to get crazy, you could say, well, you could probably – now I don't think that they're going to get much. You might get a six-rounder for both of those guys. But they're high-potential, high-volume guys that have pass-rush potential, which is very rare in the NFL. Now, if you want to get really extreme, you're talking trading Ronald Blair for maybe a fourth-rounder, something along those lines. Or do you just move on from Solomon Thomas for a third? Um, If I could get a third back for Solomon Thomas, I would do it personally. But anyway, those are just some options there at that D-line position because whoever we cut, they're going to be claimed first. I guarantee you. Um, so, I'm hoping we capitalize a little bit and move one of those guys if everybody's healthy. I want to keep everybody, but it's just not the way that this works. And the last defensive position I want to talk about is that Sam linebacker position. Man, uh, this is great the depth that we have at this spot. You know, we have the Mike and the Will. Now, in our defense, Mike and Will are inter- interchangeable, you can't tell the, where they line up. Um, because it's based on the strength of the offense, but they're basically the exact same position. The only difference is Mike calls the plays. So that's really it. So Mike is going to be Fred Warner. Our Will linebacker is going to be Quan Alexander. Those two are locks. Now the problem is Sam, and there is a huge, there's three main players fighting for this Sam spot. Drake Greenlaw, a rookie this year. Malcolm Smith, the all-injured every year who we overpaid, probably the worst signing of, Um, our front office, John Lynch. And then Mark Nzocha, who is special team stud from Germany, uh, played great last year in mop-up duty. Now, it's going to be between them three, and I don't consider Elijah Lee um, an option at Sam. I think if he was, he would be the best player. But the Sam linebacker only gets about 20% of snaps a game. So what I want of Elijah Lee, who's my favorite of this bunch, is I want him to just be the Mike and Will backup by himself. He backs up both positions and does special teams. Uh, Elijah Lee is going to be a lock on this team as long as he's healthy. He's great. Um, He is very, very good. I love the way that he plays. But with the Sam spot, it's different rules. It's different alignment. It's a, it's a whole different position. It's easy to learn Mike and Will. It's very difficult to learn Mike and Sam or Will and Sam. So that's why I want Elijah Lee just backing up those two spots. And then here's the deal. Drake Greenlaw and Mark Nozosha they're going to be special team studs. Malcolm Smith, eh, he's got the speed to play special teams, but he hasn't really in the past. So um, Malcolm Smith, in the last year of his deal, we would save $1.3 million if we cut him and move on. Um, but the difference between Malcolm Smith is experience, and he's played at a very high level, and he has played all three linebacker spots. So he has played Mike, Will, and Sam in the past for different teams. Um, so do you just go with the youth and um, cheap, or do you go with the more expensive, veteran that has a lot of experience basically versatility with Malcolm Smith and experience or special teams with Drake Greenlaw and Mark Nazocha. I, I personally believe only one of these will be kept uh, I think it'd be Drake Greenlaw or <laughs> Mark Nazocha. I don't think that you keep both of them they're basically the same guy the fact that Drake Greenlaw was a pick this year I think it kind of signifies who the front office wants to win it but that doesn't mean he's going to win it. Uh, we've seen him move on from you know, fourth-round pick Joe Williams in the past, so it's not like just because we picked him we're going to stay with him, but it seems like he's going to be the play. So Anyway, if you have not already subscribed, please do so. Review the show. It helps us out a lot. Really appreciate you guys. We will be back um, early next week with an offensive breakdown injury updates and what to look for on the offensive side of the ball. There's some fun camp battles over there. Can't wait to talk to you guys. Stay strong faithful.
1: Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app.